0: I'll ring an endorsement, I guess. Potentially enjoy this episode, which will start after the other half of my magical comedy duo, Teller, gives us a countdown. Take it away, Teller. Well, everybody knows your name. Hello, welcome to the LibroCube. My name is Jordan Maywood, and I am the lackadaisical LibroCubercalist. This show is a journal of the personal variety but not so personal that I don't post it on the internet for you to listen to. That's dumb. (sighs) A journal in which I pour forth all the media I have consumed. And let me tell you, this episode has a lot of it. Not a lot, because it's two separate words, a and lot. Learn that in grade seven. No, 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 a lot, because I consume a lot, because it helps to escape from this thing we call reality, which is quite often, Horrible. (sighs) Without further ado, I will push a button that will start a series of five five five-minute timers. Oh, perhaps I should warn that you may not have consumed some of this media yourself, so the possibility that I would spoil it for you does exist. It does exist. Ladies and gentlemen, let's get ready to rough you some things. Monologue. Today's movie monologue sponsor is Unintentional Groundhog Day Movie Monologues. Thank you for your sponsorship. Movie the first is the second huh? in a franchise that I believe is only two, but there might be more, I don't know. The Hills Have Eyes 2. Uh, should come as no surprise if you listened to the last episode where the missus and I watched The Hills Have Eyes 1, although that's not what it's called, This is called The Hills Have Eyes that uh, I was going to watch this because that's how I like to roll. Uh, We actually watched it together. Uh, Similar to, I think, other horror movies, if that's what you would call this. Uh, Probably this less than the first one. uh, Calling it a horror movie, that is. Uh, Takes the turn into more of an action movie than a uh, horror movie, which is, is not unusual. This one really does so to the degree where... Uh, the, the main sort of characters in the first one are just a family trapped in a desert, and then these mutants uh, of irradiated sort of uh, folk come and kill them, as you do. Uh, irradiated hillbillies is probably an alternate title, I would assume. Um, this one ups the, the, uh, the action by having the family replaced by army people. <laughs> n- n- never such a more blatant let's up the action by replacing a family with army people. Come on, come on. Uh, that being said, they're trainees. I guess that cuts it a little bit. Cuts the actioniness, I suppose, question mark. Uh, if you like the first one you might not like this one they are somewhat different it's still irradiated uh, hillbillies killing people in gruesome fashion more of a gore fest than a horror fest Uh, rating wise uh, as long as you go in this expecting not much uh, two and a half or less I will give it depending on your mood yes it's a mood dependent movie Moving on, speaking of moods, segue. Gothica, the mood of insanity, we'll call it. Mm-hmm. This uh, also watched with the misses uh, per her request, actually. Uh, a repressed female psychiatrist wakes up as a patient in the asylum where she worked with no memory of why she's there, or what she has done. What she has done is murder her husband, which isn't a good thing to do. The fact that... <laughs> and you know what? I am almost positive that... Among the missus's favorite movies are more than one uh, in which husbands are killed by wives. Yep, that's so. For that reason, I give this uh, three out of five. It's uh, this is probably a second viewing of this, although I didn't really remember anything. It's a fine movie, it's interesting. Um, since we're on a deadline of time, uh, I feel like I cannot give much away but just say. Uh, it's It definitely takes a while before you sort of figure out what's going on, uh, which I appreciate in a movie. I always say I like movies where I have no idea what's going to happen next. Uh, this reaches a point where eventually you do, but but still, 3, three out of 5. Moving on to Blood Punch. Uh, This was one that I've had forever and just didn't watch for some reason, which uh, I don't know why I didn't, because I very much liked it. A young man is lured into a dangerous love triangle that begins to take a series of shocking and grisly super natural turns. That was a natural burp, which is why I did it there. Totally on purpose. I swear to God. Swear to God. Uh, yeah, the supernatural turns come in the form of a Groundhog Day scenario in which uh, uh, these two, this young man and this uh, young woman, are reliving the same day over and over again. Some sort of, never really 100% pinpointed why it's happening. It's like an ancient Indian burial ground magic-y thing, I guess? Question mark. Anyways, it didn't really matter why it's happening for the purpose of the story. It's just that. Uh, how do you break this loop? Uh, in Groundhog Day, of course, it's, you know, living your best life. Here, it's um, killing one another. <laughs> yes, killing. Lots and lots of killing. One interesting little uh, tidbit of this that uh, is something you don't expect of a movie of this type. Uh, okay, so you got this love triangle, quote unquote. I kill someone in this love triangle and then restart the day. Uh, the body of that person is still there. Like, the dead body of the person whoever I killed is is still wherever I left it, usually uh, buried or hidden in some way. But still, uh, sort of an interesting idea, which leads to the sort of conclusion, uh, if this is an infinite loop and it was never broken, eventually the entire globe is just going to be filled with rotting corpses. So, you know, blood punch, ladies and gentlemen. Four out of five. Uh, last but not least, uh, we're at a time and I did want to hold to the schedule, uh, Let Her Out. Another bloody one. Uh, we'll get a long summary. I'll, I'll tell you what we'll do for this one. Since it's a long summary and sometimes the summaries are funny, uh, I'll just read the summary, give my review, and we'll call it quits for this segment. Let Her Out follows Helen. A bike courier who suffers a traumatic accident, as she recovers, she begins to experience strange episodic blackouts, hallucinations, and night terrors that lead her to discover she has a tumor. It is a tumor! I added that. A benign tumor that is the remnants of a vanishing twin, quote unquote, absorbed in utero, which is an album. Over time, the tumor manifests itself as the dark and demented version of a stranger, Mm. As Helen's emotional and psychological state begins to deteriorate further and further, she begins to act out in psychotic episodes that are influenced by her evil twin, making her a danger to herself and her best friend Molly, and a lot of other people that she fucking fucks up. Pardon the swearing. I'll go a solid three to four out of five. I enjoyed it. Very bloody, though. Very Today's television talk sponsor is Jokes on Blue Cards. Thank you for that sponsorship. Okay, I uh, powered through and it was only how many episodes is it? I have to click on a button. I should have been prepared and not have to have pushed that button. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Eleven, no, ten. somehow I miscounted 10 episodes of this show on Netflix a show that I'm going to refer to going forward as Norm MacDonald has a show because that's what it's called Uh, yes, I'm a huge, huge Norm MacDonald fan a Norm MacDonald head if such a thing exists, I don't know but I would be one uh, just uh, There's something about him. I, I, I put him into the category of people, and there's not many who I would say this about, of people who I think could sit, read a phone book, and make it humorous. Uh, he is among the people who could do so. Uh, just the, the, the comic timing, the, the the sound of his voice, the cadence of his voice, The he, he's got this whole thing figured out. Bit of an odd duck, which um, is not unusual among the comedic, obviously. Um, if you've ever listened to his podcast, uh, well, this is a classic, a classic, uh, which I feel like I haven't brought up in a while. A, a, a envy pity situation where, uh, if you've never listened to his podcast, I pity you, but if you've never in, listened to the Norm McDonald podcast, I envy you for the reason you have all of those episodes to go back and listen to the classic, uh, Libra cube pity envy situation. Uh, which you could also do now, which I have done, uh, is watch his show on Netflix, which I will say is perhaps not as good. Mm, yeah, uh, it's, it's just for one reason, one reason only. Uh, on the podcast, I think most episodes. I, I'm curious what the ratio would be. It would be much different than this show. Uh, the ratio I'm talking of is uh, comedians as guests. Whereas here, he does have comedians as guests, but I would say the majority, in fact, are not. Um, so, not to say that there aren't interesting, and they aren't good, and there aren't laughs in every single episode, no matter what, because of, of Norm Macdonald. Uh, the, the ones with the comedians are far and above just, like, crying, laughing at points. So, uh, let me read down the guests. David Spade, for example, those uh, episode. Ugh. Or one, if you prefer. Hilarious. Uh, David Letterman. Uh, Chevy Chase, that was interesting. Uh, <laughs> knowing what... If you know anything of Chevy Chase, uh, IRL, let's say, he's a bit of a huge asshole. <laughs> so that did sort of peek through. I, I feel like it can't not. <laughs> uh, I talked the missus into watching one episode, uh, the one with Judge Judy, because she actually watches that show. Hmm... Uh, the, that one was interesting, a, l- a little peek behind the scenes and just made me think, how is Judge Judy sitting down with Norm Macdonald? That right there is just a little sort of interesting peek into things that can happen in show business. We got M. Night Shyamalan. Michael Keaton was a fascinating one. Uh, he was He's not a quote-unquote comedian, I would say. He's a comedic actor. Uh, but uh, Norm Macdonald said, well on several occasions over the course of this uh, interview that Michael Keaton is one of the funniest comedians that has ever worked Uh, and I actually didn't know that he started as a stand-up so interesting yeah I I don't know how did I didn't know that being a lover of stand-up and someone who prides themselves on at least some stand-up knowledge to have Norm Macdonald tell me this guy who I've seen a million times used to be uh, one of the best stand-ups ever was shocking to me uh, I've got Lauren Michaels. That was good. M. Night Shyamalan. Yeah, interesting one. Jane Fonda. She is a bit of an odd duck, I think, as well. Drew Barrymore. They seem to get along really well. Um, she's just like so upbeat and happy. Uh, just sort of jumped off the screen with her her vivaciousness is a word I could possibly use. Yeah, just, just to delight that one, actually. Uh, And uh, last but not least, Billy Joe Shaver. Uh, He, of all these guests, is the only one I had never heard of. Uh, 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 Norm said it is his best friend. So I don't know if that was uh, for the purposes of the show or actually factually truth. But uh, apparently he's a country singer. Missing a bunch of fingers. (laughs) Which is something, I guess. Uh, Regardless... Uh, you know what I'll do for rating? I'll go the podcast five out of five, and this, just a little less than that. Conan the Librarian. Don't you know that Dewey Decimal System? Book banter. Today's book banter sponsor is the Just Because which is a apiary-specific law firm. Just because. Okay, we're talking Why Does the World Exist? Hmm. An existential detective story by Jim Maholtz. Yes, a rare, almost never happens in a book banter on this podcast, uh, treading into nonfiction, uh, And I will say on that note, uh, I didn't finish this. Yeah, I, it's, I liked it. Uh, it. It's an interesting read. Uh, you will find you're reading this and new pathways in your brain will open up and sort of fascinating thoughts will pour in which I do enjoy it's just I read like I consume a lot of this media for the purposes of escaping escaping or escaping if you prefer saying (laughs) it correctory screwing up on saying the word correctly is funny to me Uh, Anyways, uh, yeah, I I read for the purposes of escaping uh, into my brain from the real world, which is why fantasy uh, and to a slightly lesser extent sci-fi are my favorite genres, uh, because that gives you a further escape than things that are happening in the real world, and an even further escape than this, which is a uh, non-fiction, um, exploring... Why is there a world rather than nothing? Why are we here? That sort of idea. Um, Let me read the Goodreads. Oh, it's a long one. Okay, well, we'll see how we do. And uh, I suppose I could have uh, picked out some of the points of the chapters that they sort of delve into, and they are all interesting. You know what? Let me just get my rating. Despite not finishing it, I think if this sounds interesting to to you, you'd give it a higher mark than I would. And that is my rating. Uh, why is there world rather than nothing at all remains the darkest, is it? And most enduring of all metaphysical mysteries. Following in the footsteps of Christopher Hitchens, Roger Penrose, and even Stephen Hawking, Jim Hulk now enters this fractious debate with his lively and deeply informative narrative. that it's not really a narrative. That was my other... I was expecting more of a story as the word story appears in the title and now it's saying narrative. I didn't really find so much of a story. Anyways, uh, that traces the latest efforts to grasp the origins of the universe. The slyly humorous hmm, Holt takes on the role of cosmological detectives, suggesting that we might have been too narrow in limiting our suspects to Yahweh. Jesus versus the Big Bang, Uh, which I do do like, that he offers other possibilities than God or science. He he sort of straddles them a bit, which is an interesting idea. Um, Tracking down an eccentric Oxford philosopher, a physics Nobel laureate, a French Buddhist monk who lived with the Dalai Lama, and John Updike just before he died, Holt pursues unexplored angles to this cosmic puzzle as he pieces together a solution, one that sheds new light Does he have a solution? Maybe I didn't get to the solution, but I assume there wasn't really a solution at the end. This is the type of book where it's not like I'm going to read to the end and like, oh, okay, so that's why the world exists. (laughs) I feel like I didn't miss out on that by not completing the book. Anyways, uh, as he pieces together a solution, one that sheds new light on the questions of God and the meaning of existence, he offers brisk... Mm. Philosophical asides on time and eternity, consciousness, and the arithmetic of nothingness. Yeah, that was interesting. Uh, my brain don't do math good, but uh, when he did get into his math of these sort of various subjects, he, he did, that, did that well. Uh, made it for a, a, a math idiot like myself uh, to, to grasp some of the concepts, so that I appreciate. Um, all in all... Uh, worth a read. Uh, do I come away from a book like this feeling smarter? Probably. One thing I always try to keep in mind, though, is that, that thought that, uh, and there, there, there's a theory of this, I forget what it's called, that the more you, th- the, the, the smarter you think you are, Uh, you reach a level where you sort of realize how truly ignorant you are. Uh, Yeah, there's there's something about that. Uh, And we're out of time, unfortunately. I'm sure I was going to say some really smart things in a second. That's too bad. Today's game gab and sponsor is Bose, Voices and Head Canceling Headphones. Thank you for that sponsorship. I love you, Bose. We're talking Hellblade colon Senua's Sacrifice. Ah, this little gem from what year? Uh, 2017. Oh, for some reason I thought it was older than that. Uh, yeah, came out, I guess, uh, last year. Critically acclaimed. Uh, I don't know how well it did commercially. uh, Just for the reason that it's a little uh, uh, (laughs) artsy-fartsy. Kind of, sort of, kind of, sort of. Let me explain. Uh, You play Senua. A girl in the... I I guess it's like uh, taking place in Celtic times. Would be how you would look at it. And she has, uh, as I would call them from a person who has had them themselves, uh, brain issues. <laughs> Mine was in the form of depression. Hers are uh, probably more uh, severe in the form of, I would assume, uh, well, she's like hearing voices and seeing things. Uh, so, you know, f- more serious than uh, what I had. Yeah, but nonetheless, as I like to refer to them, brain stuff. Uh, so you're sort of... a. Uh, going through this game through her eyes and, and, and living as her. It is a third person, but uh, it does a good job of third person in making you feel like you are in essence one of the voices in her head, which is sort of a cool experience and there's uh, times throughout and uh, early on where she looks directly at the camera and is sort of talking to you and it feels very interactive in that sense that you're, you're controlling her because it's a video game and it's third person. But uh, there's also times where she sort of looks at you and it's, very, it's sort of creepy. And there's a lot of creepy in this game. Uh, one thing it mentions at the top, which uh, I didn't do, I will admit, uh, is it says to play with headphones on. Uh, I didn't do it because I, uh, <laughs> I, I don't know, I, I thought maybe I'd be a little too creeped out just having had brain stuff in the past. I, maybe maybe just the thought of of experiencing it that profoundly kind of scared me a little bit. And uh, on the note of scaring, there was, even without doing that, it's just like throughout the game you'll hear like whispers, uh, just, just straight out people talking to you in your brain, uh, and, and you'll see things. Uh, there was one section in particular where uh, basically the whole world goes dark and there's things in the darkness that can sort of sense your sound and movement Um, and and they're just sort of hideous to behold and you're only sort of catching glimpses of them as they move about that part was creepy Uh, that combined with the sort of sometimes screaming in your head uh, of of your sort of slowly being driven insane or sometimes not so slowly being driven insane um that's the other thing, is that this, uh, uh, by the end of it, you're sort of uh, not sure, and, and this is something I like. Um, like, you're fighting things, and you're seeing things, and you're, you're in peril, and, and you can, quote-unquote, die. Uh, but, but one thing, from the beginning to the end, uh, I think, maybe can, someone can prove me wrong, but I, I think you can't quite tell... If the dangers that you are experiencing are real, or if they're just taking place in your head, and if you're just sort of wandering around a forest, or wandering through some ruins, and and none of the stuff that can harm you is actually there in real life. Like, in in terms of gameplay, it can. Like, uh, there'll be fighting sequences where uh, things will sort of come out of the shadow, uh, like big warriors that you'll have to fight and dodge and uh, on the note of the fighting, it, it was good. A little uh, Batman Arkham Asylum-y light, let's call it. Um, b- but it was good and, and then I always had that thought as I was having those battles. Uh, you know, is this actually happening? Uh, when this person hits me, is, is someone actually there hitting me or is it just like, like in D&D, is it like a psychic damage that's damaging me? Oh, on, on the note of damage... Um, they warn early on that you can die, and if you die enough times, die, we'll put in quotes, uh, your game save will be erased, which was always sort of in the back of my head. I, I, I did beat the game, so it didn't happen. Uh, rating-wise, jeez, I, I, I really, really got into it, so I think I go, like, four and a half to five out of five. Yeah, very, very, very good and interesting. intercourse. I like turtles. Today's movie monologue sponsor is Unintentional Groundhog Day Movie Monologues. Thank you for your sponsorship. <laughs> movie the first, Happy Death Day. A college student must relive the day of her murder over and over again in a loop that will end only when she discovers her killer's identity. Yes, inadvertent double movie monologue. Groundhog Day Scenario Movies. Yeah, I did not plan that. It just sort of happened. I just had these movies. You know what I did? Like, uh, I'll I'll have a a bunch of movies, like a file full of movies. And then when I want to clean them, like when they've sort of piled up a bit, I find the ones I don't watch are the ones where I'll read the title and I'll be like, I have no idea what this is about. And then I'll just watch them. Like, uh, let me give you an example. Let me open the file here. Okay, so like if I see Boogie Nights, I know what Boogie Nights is. I've seen Boogie Nights. If I see Avengers Affinity War, I know what that is. Sure, I-, I could watch it. Now, if I see a movie called Punching Henry, I don't actually know what that's about. I have it. Uh, I'd have to go to IMDb to see it, and every once in a while I'll cle- clear out ones like that. Anyways, such as Happy Death Day, which I uh, ended up very much liking. It seems like... You know what, my favorite episode of uh, Stargate, was it Stargate Atlantis, or just Stargate? Uh, Yeah, Stargate SG-1, was the Groundhog Day one, Uh, and these two movies that have Groundhog Day-like scenarios, I very much like, and the movie, hey, while we're at it, Groundhog Day, uh, friggin' one of my favorite movies of all time, that gets a 5 out of 5, this... Uh, I'll go like a three point and change. Plus three, less than four, somewhere in that uh, neighborhood, that vicinity. Um, my one sort of gripe, is she has to discover her killer's identity. The killer wears a mask. She is killed by this person over and over again. She never in her sort of death throes or part of her plan never seems to be pulling the person's mask off. Uh, so I always kind of felt that was dumb. Like, sometimes a person's right in front of her s- with a knife in, and they're just sort of standing there, and she could easily just reach up and grab the mask. But no, it never seems to occur to her, so she's got to do some detective work to figure it out. <sighs> Whatever. Happy Death Day. Uh, the Private Eyes. Oh, yeah, uh, this was an interesting... I, I forget, I think I maybe heard someone mention it on a podcast or something like that. Uh, Yes, starring uh, Tim Conway and Don Knotts. So yeah, we're going uh, old school here. I I think this falls into the category of movies who, when people saw it as a child, they sort of remember it very, very fondly. I think that's sort of the context I heard about it. Uh, I did not see it as a child. And despite that fact... Uh, i got to say, uh, quite a few just dumb, stupid laughs in it. Yeah, uh, as you can imagine, a Tim Conway and Don Knotts movie. You're going to have some dumb, stupid laughs, and uh, I liked it. Uh, I'd probably go like a 4 out of 5. came out the year before I was born. Oh, huh, that's interesting. Uh, okay, uh, talking Pacific Rim, colon, Uprising. Ah, this one. It's fine. It's an y It's uh, not as good as the first. Uh, I wish I could give... Uh, look back in time to see what I reviewed. I would have reviewed the first on this podcast. So, you know, I'll tell you what. Oh, Scott Eastwood. That's Clint Eastwood's son. <laughs> I didn't even realize that. Charlie Day. Hey, he was good in it. Uh, okay, so rating. This is this is going to be one of my more convoluted ratings, which I enjoy. Uh, you find on this podcast, whatever I gave a rating to Pacific Rim, the first one, so you're going to have to scroll back and find it. You listen to that episode, and then take a a point off of that one. (laughs) Ha ha! Homework! Speaking of homework, that's not a segue. That's going to make sense. Lock, stock, and two smoking barrels. Yes! Man! Uh, Haven't seen this in some years. I always have sort of fond remembrances of it, and Man, does it stand up. Yeah, just like a perfect this kind of movie. I I often speak of uh, how dark comedies, I do believe, are probably... But most of my favorite movies would fit into a a dark comedy uh, genre... Uh, This very much included uh, a botched card game in London triggers four friends, thugs, weed growers, hard gangsters, loan sharks, and debt collectors to collide with each other in a series of unexpected events, all for the sake of weed, cash, and two antique shotguns. Yeah, that's uh, what I like. The just sort of random convergences of these uh, sort of disparate groups of guys. No, uh, no women, was there? Hmm. yeah you know what if uh, they could do a version where at least you know one of the groups is women that would be good um, still holds up 5 out of 5 if you haven't seen it do yourself a favor it's nice to be nice to the nice where is it it is done is it? and done and I mean done done and done <laughs> <laughs> I like Ron this is the end of the show Near new 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 uh, uh, oh shit, I almost forgot. See, it's the first time. First time I'm doing this. So obviously there's going to be errors and mistakes. This cleanup conversation sponsored by the Omega Directive. Thank you for that sponsorship. Okay, yeah, I uh, just came up with this uh, idea. Forget why or how. That, uh, oh yeah, I thought it would make my life easier. So there you go. Uh, occasionally I will have things that I watch that uh, would be difficult to fit into the podcast or uh, maybe in this case uh, I just had an extra thing that didn't fit so I wanted to throw it in. Basically I just found I was quite often uh, consuming media with an eye for the podcast and sometimes it would come in like, uh, oh, yeah, you know what? I, I don't want to watch a movie because I've already watched four movies. I only need four for the podcast. And then I, I don't want to make those decisions anymore. I just, if I want to watch a movie, I'm going to watch a movie. Uh, so I'm not going to let the podcast r- run my life anymore. Yeah. So with that in mind, uh, occasionally post-credits, you we will have a little, as I have called it, a cleanup conversation to fit in with the theme of a word and then a word that means talking. Uh, so today, uh, I just have a little brief one. Uh, I played another game. Uh, it was called Out There, colon, Omega Edition. So presumably, there's more than one edition. Uh, f- although, I, I couldn't find any. I think there might be just the one on Steam. Uh, very much reminiscence of uh, FTL, Faster Than Light. Uh, differences being your ship can sort of land, and you can... Uh, Uh, it's basically faster and light with with slightly different things you can do. Yeah, boiled down. Now, is that a bad thing? No, because uh, they did a very good job and I had a lot of fun. Um, I find something I'm doing lately um, when it comes to Steam, and I think I'm going to keep this up for the rest of my life. And that is, uh, like during the sales, I'll buy a shit ton of games and then I'll sort of play through them uh, and then I'll beat it and then I'll uninstall it, and then I'll probably maybe never play it again. Or, when it comes to games like this, uh, that I had so much fun in, and, and so much uh, replayability, I, I I beat it, and then I'm going to leave it installed. Just like FTL, for example. Like, I, I bought that, and every once in a while I'll just have a craving to play it. Um, and I'll dust it off, and it'll be installed, and it'll be ready to go. So, uh, I, I have games uh, now that I've played, and beaten, or played and stop playing that I leave installed what I should do uh, this is a mental note to myself uh, and that is make a list of those games should something happen to my uh, PC and I have to get a new one and then I have to download all the games I I, want to know the ones that fall into this category so that's a mental note to me and maybe to yourself hey this is not a bad idea it's not not the most horrible thing you've heard today I imagine right question mark audience participation yes it's still nice to be nice to the nice